Hello and welcome to another episode of Stream Wars, our thought leader series, where we learn from industry experts about the latest trends and challenges from across the convergent TV space. Hosted by Michael Beach. Today, I'm joined by Kyle Roberts. Kyle is the founder and CEO at Ad Impact, as well as Smart Media Group, which is one of the largest media buying firms in Washington, D.C. I've worked with Kyle for a long time and have always been impressed with his vision and ability to see around corners. Please enjoy my conversation with Kyle Roberts. Hi, Kyle. Welcome to Screen Wars. Good to be here. Good to see you, Michael. Uh, you know, I've known you for a long time, but I think it'd be really helpful uh, to give our audience some background on on you and your experience, and in particular, Ad Impact and kind of the um, the idea and what what problem you solve. Yeah. So, problem we solve. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, so at Impact, the company itself started in 2014. So, uh, you know, my background has been in politics. I ran an agent. I still run an agency, uh, you know, for years. Noticed there was a huge need in the environment for, you know, um, spending competitive information, media intelligence, right? Spend and then also creative, detecting creatives, finding out what messages are running in a marketplace, uh, how often they're running, how many different types, all those things. Need to do it quickly. In, uh, in 2016, we built out a detection system, and now we've upgraded this whole thing. Uh, just post-2020, uh, we upgraded to include uh, detection across local cable and, um, and CTV. And the genesis of all these things really was politics. As you know, it's your background too. Um, it's a very fast moving environment and you need, if you're going to use data in a fast moving environment, you need detection systems that collect this stuff as close to real time as possible because that's the only time you get value. So like we developed tools to, to really help uh, campaigns to, to do this stuff for spending, um, for creative, also for rates too. We also scrape the FCC public file. We look at every single rate that all these campaigns pay put all that stuff together, output a product, right? Trying to help campaigns. And now outside of politics, commercial advertisers understand what's happening in local markets, multiple markets, national level if necessary, and as close to real time as possible. I'd say in a a nutshell, that's what Ad Impact is always trying to do. As you know, like these markets, Things are constantly changing. You need to constantly be innovating in the, in the marketplace. You need to be talking to customers all the time about what their needs are, concerns, problems, so you can continue to innovate. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to get more into kind of wider application and what's next. Um, kind of a couple of questions on, on politics. I know our company's collaborated on a, a video ad spend estimate for 21-22, and it was a monster number, I think close to... Uh, $9 billion was a projection. You know, where did that land? It landed at um, $8,987,000,000. That's incredible. <laughs> so we were, we were $13 million off uh, that prediction. Yeah, it's, it, it is incredible when you think about it because it's a midterm. Um, you know, presidential was $3 billion in 20. And then you roll into 2022 and we're saying, well, it's going to be about the same. But there's $3 billion that should come out because of the presidential. It didn't really make a difference, right? That went back into gubernatorials. It went, you saw increased house spending. Um, you saw increased spending on down ballot. Uh, you saw huge ballot initiatives also that had an enormous amount of spending in, 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 in 2022. So that ecosystem 
know, that's easily a $9 billion marketplace. And now as we look forward to, to 2024, are we going to, are we going to eclipse 10 billion? And it looks like, you know, I'm not making the prediction now, but certainly when you look at the trend, it seems likely that that will happen over the next 24 months. And that's, again, it's a huge milestone. Yeah. It's interesting because I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. I, you know, for the last you know decade or more, I felt like politics really led the way in a lot of innovations and in advertising, you know, targeting and, and speed and testing and learn, you know, test and learn. But now the market size is so big and the, and the pie is growing so fast that it's also now attracted a lot of companies, uh, you know, a lot of partners that you know both our firms work with. Um, you kind of seen the same thing. Absolutely. Um, you know, you're an innovator in the space, right? You, you, both you and I, we talk all the time, we collaborate on things. Um, for years, politics uh, was ignored. Um, and not ignored, but the products that were available to help uh, maybe give insight just weren't good enough. The commercial products that existed were not good enough. And what, what happened, right, that back in, in, I mean, this goes really back to 2008, 2009, a lot of agencies and, and political professionals started to innovate themselves, uh, make investments in technology. Now, here we are, what, you know, 10, 15 years later, and um, built really, really cool stuff, really, really interesting things, really interesting products we built. Um, because there really was no one early on uh, to fill the gap to, uh, in terms of the technological needs um, in the space. Um, and I think that's why, and, and as over time, what has happened, right? Uh, the political space itself has grown. Uh, we were just talking about the $9 billion number for a midterm year. That number in 2018 was $4 billion. Yeah. Think about it. Think about that growth, right? There is, so there's a need. Um, and because prior to that, right, there was this culture of innovation, which kind of just came out of it because there really was no one doing anything. Uh, and, and I think today you see that still in, in our space. You still see it uh, where there's just a lot of uh, entrepreneurialism and innovation because the needs are still not being met by the outside market. Yeah, looking back to you know, 2018 and 20, what do you think is driving that change? Um, well, certainly – uh, the, the change itself, uh, the changes in the marketplace and, and, and for media intelligence, if that's what you're talking about, because there's so much more spending, right? Fundraising certainly is increased a lot, right? The Internet has revolutionized fundraising. Um, you still have high dollar fundraiser, but then you still have these millions and millions of dollars in low dollar donations that come through, which can power campaigns. That leads to a tremendous amount of advertising spend because of all that advertising spend. You know, I think ad impact tracks 6,000 campaigns in real time in 2022. Um, I can't recall how many specific ads were detected, but you know, 80% of everything we see uh, we have within in someone's inbox within two hours. And when it goes on TV, it's in your inbox within two hours. 80% of the time, uh, the other 20% is, um, it's a small amount, but anyway, all that said is, um, the need is because there is so much active there's so much act advertising activity, 
a single campaign, a single house race can have up to 10 or 15 different advertisers. It's not just two candidates anymore or just two super PACs. There's tons of outside groups that want to influence the outcome of an election. And when you think about that and you look at, well, what's the majority today? Is it four or five seats in the House? What is it in the Senate? It's two seats. The balance of power, of course, is so close in politics right now. I think that also feeds this fundraising. It feeds this ability for each party to want an edge. Uh, hence, so much advertising activity around that. Hence, so many dollars. Hence, the need for tools to help you understand what's going on in the environment. Yeah, and one thing you know, I definitely want to highlight for our audience, you know, you talked about the 6,000 advertisers. Um, you know, unique challenge for local, you know, the national market, there's about 200 advertisers by about 90% of national TV. And so most of the tools, you know, developed are for, you know, 200 people that spend a lot of money, you know, tens of millions of dollars minimum, you know, to get in that group. But when you start to talk about the local market, you know, there are tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of advertisers there. I mean, 6,000 just in one year in political alone. And so it's really a unique challenge. Yes. 6,000, all local. Um, and you're right. It's a, it's, a, it's a concentration of national advertisers, right? And a lot of tools are getting built for those organizations. Um, you know, our detection system now, we define a local advertiser as anyone that advertises in five markets or less. There are tens of thousands of those advertisers in our data set right now. I mean, we're tracking 60,000 across the entire country in real time. When I say 60,000, I mean all advertisers. It's north of 60,000, um, but that's all advertisers across all 210 DMAs. And within that, there are tens of thousands uh, that are just local. Uh, and I'm talking plumbers, I'm talking car dealerships, I'm talking electricians. There's just an enormous amount of activity going on underneath the, the national advertising level right now, an enormous amount in local. We see it. You know, the genesis of our tools, as we talked about earlier, is politics and because everything is local. Um, we had to build our system to detect in all 210 markets. We have to build an ad library that um, can find ads in all 210 markets. Why? Because, you know, in Rapid City or Sioux Falls, South Dakota, there could be a huge campaign going on there that no one cares about those markets. But because there could be a lot of money getting spent there, we have to have detection systems and we have to have the ability to go in and find ads in those markets. Because we do that, we can find all these other local advertisers easy for us. And we've built all that out now. It all works perfectly. Yeah. Um, what, look, kind of looking back the last two years, what, what surprised you most on the uh, 22 cycle? Um, In terms of the prediction itself, right? So we were predicting, you know, north of nine billion. I would say the one thing that surprised us the most was the decrease in, in digital spend. And we define digital as Facebook and Google. We thought that that would be about a $1.7 billion market. And it was about a $900 million market. So it was about $800 million less than what we thought it was going to be. That was a big surprise. Um, Cable, uh, linear, was about where it has been. It's approximately uh, three quarters of the overall spend. It's approximately 75% of the overall spend. You put broadcast and cable together, it's about 75%. Um, broadcast dropped a little bit in terms of their overall share, and then cable actually went up a couple points in terms of their overall share. So they saw growth. 
But digital was the biggest decline. And then, of course, the, 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 the biggest, not surprise, we knew this, but the largest new player was connected, CTV. We had the ability to track it. And, you know, the first cycle we were able to track it, it, it clocked in at a billion dollars. I mean, that's just huge. And, 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 you know, you and I know that as that impression base continues to grow, uh, more dollars are going to flow there. Yeah, it's interesting. The, uh, <clears throat> you know, when you start to put the, you know, targeting restrictions and measurement restrictions on uh, the kind of big players like Facebook and, and YouTube, you know, that really, if you look at it in a vacuum, you don't think it has an impact, but all of a sudden, you know, the buyer is looking at all their options they have. And that's, um, you know, probably one of the biggest use cases. And our, our product is to say, well, now that you've done this, now that I no longer can, you know, uh, target a group of individuals. I've got to target, you know, a huge bucket, which maybe seventy percent of my audience isn't um, the target. Then you're you're t you're taking an ad that has basically the same targeting as broadcast, but far less attention, um, and it's a lower impact creative. And and you know, we've always argued for years that that's going to have an impact on how people buy. And I think you saw that in politics this year, where the overall digital video market really grew, you know, powered by streaming, but Facebook and, and YouTube you know, we're flat or declined. And that's just because I think finally buyers are like, well, we have other ways to reach these people and you can't just drive up our costs and not have any impact. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that, okay, so it was 9 billion. The presidential was north of 9 billion, but not, you know, it was very close. And plus, you know, you, you, in 2020, Bloomberg himself represented $1 billion in, in the overall spend, right? One person. That's just crazy. You take that out, if you take that out of 2020, um, 2022 was larger. The midterm was actually larger than the presidential if you take Bloomberg out of the presidential primary. Um, pretty incredible. Um, talking about Google and Facebook and digital, um, a good portion of their dollars uh, in 2020 uh, came from the presidential. We saw for linear and traditional media that that was didn't make a difference. It was presidential and non-presidential. They still had the same amount of dollars flow, right? Five billion for broadcast, one point seven billion for cable. Now, you look at Facebook and Google. That presidential money, when that came out, it didn't return to them. It did not at all. So that was another big factor. There's again hundreds of millions of dollars in there that just didn't show up. And then you talk about what you just mentioned, which is the ability to evaluate the efficiency of the different platforms, the targeting versus non-targeting, I think that did have an impact as well. Oh yeah. I mean, if you can put a, you know, 30 second ad up and the person watches it versus, you know, three or four or five seconds of, of attention. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal, you know, and, and obviously, it's a big we, deal. you know, people's attention spans are kind of going down the drain a little bit. Um, but you know, if you've got a choice between how to reach people, it's, you know, and I think we, we just saw that universally where the, the buyer, the planner just, started to allocate differently than they did even two years ago. Yeah. One thing, I mean, you kind of pivot into the, the wider market. Um, you know, after every election, we spend a lot of time meeting with general market advertisers and they're really, you know, especially this, the period we're now interested in, in learnings from politics and what, what they can apply, you know, what trends do you see in politics that can kind of carry over to the wider market? Well, one thing in politics um, that we are solving for now is refining the detection 
Okay. Uh, mostly de detection systems are only tracking linear broadcast, right? So we've enhanced it to, to, uh, to um, detect local cable and CTV. Because of that, um, we can now see what everyone else is doing across local cable networks and, and connected devices. But we can also see how many impressions these has, ads deliver. It used to be there was so much focus on like content and, and where you were running within content. But as you know, streaming takes over and people are just watching whatever they want to watch, content becomes less important and ad delivery becomes much more important. So we are moving toward that system. That's very helpful in the commercial space because, hey, I'm running all these ads, but actually how many impressions am I actually delivering? And then am I losing any market share to my competitors? We can show you all that in real time. Um, and we can show you exactly where your competitors are, and you can compare almost like for like who has the more efficient media play. So you're getting much more depth now. You're getting a lot more data. You're getting a lot more information, and you're seeing a larger part of the media space, one we haven't seen before. Yeah, it's incredible. And, I mean, one area that is really helpful to our team is just the, the speed – of your ad tracking and notifications, uh, and it, you know, powers a lot of our products. Um, you know, I think, you know, and again, kind of a data ingredients like that power the, the test and learn culture and politics. Uh, do you see kind of general market advertisers you talk to starting to utilize that more? Um, yes. You know, bringing this to general market, it's a different way of thinking. Now you're thinking about, you're not thinking about, I want to be across, you know, these platforms, et cetera. You're thinking more about, well, what's going to deliver the most bang for me? And I'm actually going to be able to measure that. Now I'm going to be on 24, less than 24 hours later, we can tell you what, what, what your, how your ads delivered, how they performed across all devices. No problem. Um, so you're getting much quicker feedback. What, when you go to general market, this is a new concept now we're bringing to advertisers. Um, and so this initial phase of it is crafting um, just broad enough metrics so that people can just begin to understand exactly what they're getting. Like We're only now delivering just two plus impressions across a specific ad. We'll tell you, yeah, here, here's, here's a specific creative. Here's, a ramp, here's where your opponent's ran uh, or here's where your competition is running. Um, that is... We, we have now brought that to the marketplace, and it's new. It's different. Um, there's no one doing that right now. And so, um, you know, when you have that kind of approach, you, you have to um, – there's a lot of conversation that needs to happen between now customer and, and us so that we, we make sure that we are crafting this the right way so that we are delivering something that they need. But it's certainly a problem that exists in the space because people just don't have a good sense – of how well they're performing. They just don't, um, especially when you're tracking linear and it comes through days later or even weeks later to get reports updated. This is, so, you know, it's a change. Um, but I will say we're having great success outside of politics um, with audience companies and data companies. There's no question about it because, um, you know, we're now, we can deliver so much more insight across you know, we, we, the detection system now works at the zip code level. So we're also sort of um, breaking this idea of a DMA. You know, if, if the population of your, mar of your DMA uh, market is only within three or four counties, well, then maybe that's, you only need to measure ad delivery there. 
because you have all these other small, lower populated rural counties that don't have any of your customers. Or if you're, you know, a local plumber and you only deliver to, you only perform service within 20, 35 zip codes within a DMA, well, we can tell you how to delivery within those zip codes. Um, so, like, these are all new ideas for you crafting new UIs to help deliver this information, you're crafting APIs for data companies who just want to ingest um, the raw data. But, you know, from it, because the detection happens at a very granular level now, you can pretty much, we can pretty much build out whatever people need. Uh, you know, one area that, you know, our team uses your data is to, you know, get back to the, the fast ad detection at the market level is to show TV in more of a digital like report, you know, show it, you know, daily yes. impressions, reach frequency. Um, because again, back to that test learning culture, you can really start to change things mid flight as opposed to waiting until you know, get your logs, you know, two or three weeks later and, and really put on an even footing with. Um, you know, we, we you know, features you know, one buying and, and planning team and one analytics team, and, and that really powers uh, powers that information. Uh, one last question here. I, I could definitely talk to you for hours here, but if you look at <clears throat> just the, really the local video ad market, if there was one innovation that you could uh, you know, break out a magic wand and happen, what would that be? So right now it's all impressions. But that's not that good. It would be nice to have a, you know, a GRP across all devices, cable, CTV, broadcast. It would be nice to have that and say, okay, within this zip, here's exactly how many GRPs. Right now, we can really only do impressions. And it's good, but it would be great if you could do GRPs because even though we're going to move, we are migrating everything over to an impression-based system because it's it's a neutral uh, form of measurement across uh, multiple media type. Um, it would be nice to have, it seems a lot of people are just very comfortable with GRPs. And since we're moving away from that to say, because you have to convert it and is it necessarily right? Um, it's just so much easier to say, yeah, we're now at 800 points, we're now at 200 points uh, versus you know, it, of course, the impressions vary by market because they're all going to be based upon population. Um, having a neutral um, GRP system, I, I think, is helpful. It's not going to go there. I mean, I kind of sound like a troglodyte in a way where I don't want to change from GRPs. But I still think it is a very good measurement system. And I wish we could incorporate, somehow figure out um, where everybody's comfortable with the number, but incorporate across multi-screen. You know, and again, as you move to audience base, it becomes much more complicated. Yeah. But, you know, you know, 200 GRPs across any market in the country, you know, the impressions are going to vary. But, you know, really what you're going to get in terms of reach and frequency, pretty much based upon that number. Yeah, I'm interested on that. So you kind of putting your buying hat on. Um, I was at CES last week and on a, I was on a measurement panel and. um yeah, I think it was Andrea Zapata from uh, Warner Brothers. You I know, you know from the, the Comcast days. Um, you know, they just announced a deal with VideoAmp to uh, offer measurements. You know, great deal. You know, two, two great companies. And you know, talking to people there, you know, they were like, "Well, the buyers aren't integrated with this." And um, you know, kind of putting my you know, previous life that the buyer had on. You know, we always we felt when we were buying linear, and I think this was like a 
unique slash incorrect view of the market was that we didn't care what the negotiation was on, right? Like we were going to negotiate if the, if the, you know, the broadcast group wanted to negotiate on 35 plus or two plus or whatever it was, you know, we had our own metrics for what it was worth and we were going to value that inventory in their own way. And I've always kind of felt like that's kind of like a, a digital way of looking at it. Do you feel, back to your GRP question, um, does it matter? Like, is it, I mean, you're like most sophisticated buying shops out there. Do you think that if you were able to look at it in GRPs in a certain way, would you care what the seller was selling to you as? Yes, I always care what the seller is selling to because as a buyer, I always want to, you want to negotiate the best deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you want to get the best deal, uh, but like if they come back and say our ad was worth $10 and your data says it was worth 11 do you, you know, we, we always wanted to buy, like find the asymmetric information where we could get something that was more valuable. Like we would look at two spots yeah. that had, you know, an eight rating on the same demo, but to our data, one had like an 11 and one had a seven, right? Yeah. Against our audience, right? And we wanted to buy the one, yeah. we wanted to cherry pick the 11 because we knew, we knew the rating as the target and, and the broadcaster didn't know that or the cable for, obviously they didn't like this, uh, you know, <laughs> so but I've always felt like, you know, the conversations even last week were like, well, if the buyers and sellers aren't using the same currency, because it was the argument for why Nielsen is still in this like incredible position, which you know, they are, they are in a strong position. But I'm like, well, why does it matter? Right. Like if someone, you know, does a deal with video amp or, you know, Samba TV or iSpot or somebody, even if they have, they're the only, they have asymmetric information, like why does it matter? Um, but it, it, it seems like the wider market still thinks we both need to use the exact same data set. That is right. Um, it matters because even moving to impressions now, going back to a customer and saying you delivered 50,000, 100,000 impressions on this particular ad across these different, they don't like necessarily understand what that means. Mm -hmm. And if you did a good job for the customer and they don't understand what it means, are you actually, you know, you as the agency are not really succeeding. GRPs, people still understand that. And so if you say, yeah, you know, we're supposed to purchase 200, but we actually got 210 because our research showed that, you know, we could deliver 5% more value, um, got it at this cost, et cetera. That computes. That's why you do need the standard currency and you do need both sides understanding what the currency means. As we move into these different platforms, each evaluating things differently, you know, I don't know if you saw, but um, Nielsen came out and said that the Thursday night football games on Amazon average an audience. I think they said it was eight million. Amazon said it was, uh, I think, eleven or twelve million. Yeah, it's a pretty big gap. So who's right? Right. I'm sure they're both right, but they both have different methodologies. Um, and so you know, Nielsen has just been that trusted methodology for so so long, and that. In the marketplace, that GRP measurement is so burned in. Uh, it's just difficult to shake it. And so I think agencies have to be very conscious of translating these things, providing meaning. Um, but this, this issue of multiple currencies now is going to be a big issue because which one is right and which methodology, which methodology is accepted it really is going to be a big deal. That's why Nielsen, I, do, I, stink, I, I still think they do have the advantage. I haven't seen the Nielsen 1 system yet. Um, but I think this is why they still do and why it's so difficult to dislodge them in the marketplace, even though a lot of people complain about Nielsen. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think you know for us, you know, local. Um, it's going to create a huge challenge just because you're going to take the, the whether it's a big data sample or a, a panel and you're going to break it into 210 pieces. And yeah, maybe in New York and LA, you're going to get enough sample, but when you get outside the top markets, um, and that's one of our biggest challenges, right, is how to bring in more and more viewing sources to allow people to do audience-based planning in, you know, Dayton, Ohio, or, you know, uh, you know, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, where our advertisers are. And that's, I think, you know, kind of the disconnect also at the national things are arguing at the national level. We're going to have a whole other host of issues locally. Definitely. Um, and the, the need for local is enormous. Mm-hmm. It's an enormous market. You know, it's an 80, $90 billion marketplace. Um, and no one is really paying a lot of attention to it. Uh, the measurement tools right now are in need of help. There's no question about it. Uh, yep. Even even some of the platforms themselves, you know, you and I reaching frequency at a local levels. We 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 had to build our own tools to do that because yep. there's really just nothing out there that's actually any good that's believable. So we had to build our own. Um, goes back to the point I was making earlier. It's just in politics, it's, it's, these things just didn't exist, and then we have to innovate. And now we've built right tools that can. They just don't need to be used specifically in the political space anymore. They're very powerful outside of that. Excellent. Well, Kyle, I'm grateful for your time. I know our our audience could love this conversation. Great to see you. And thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Screen Wars. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. You can find out more about Cross Screen Media at crossscreenmedia.com. Please don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter, State of the Screens. You can find us on social media at Cross Screen Media. Join us next time for more insights and analysis straight from the experts.